Hello and welcome to the latest from Hearts Standard. My name is Joe Sked and I'm joined by my colleague James Kearney. How's it going, James? Yeah, very well, thanks. How are you getting on? Yeah, good, good. All, all, all good. I was at the Heart of Midlovian Sh- HS, uh, Heart of Midlovian Shareholders Association last night, um, meeting at Gorgas. It was good. And there was presentations from Liam Fox and Andrew Webster. Uh, which were, were really really good, especially uh, Liam Fox on the on the B team was 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 really really good and really informative. And it was well very was very there's similarities between what he was presenting and what Naismith did at the coaches event. So hopefully going to um, uh, spend some time with Fox at, uh, and the B team at Orium hopefully in the near future. So that will be that will be interesting. So yeah, that was that was good. <clears throat> yeah, no, that sounds interesting. Like, you'd, again, you'd imagine that obviously with Fox and Naismith, they'd probably have similar ideas, and that you know, Naismith that was Naismith's job not, not that long ago, you know. And so, you'd imagine they'd probably talk about it, they've probably got some ideas about how they see the team progressing yeah. and all that. So, yeah, it, it's still it's, it's nice to hear they're on the same page. Yeah, yeah, it was good. I was really like, I was really impressed by Fox, and he's he, he's a Hearts fan, and he uh, he kind of talked about how he wants he knows, understands what Hearts fans want from a Hearts team and he was talking about the way he wants his team to play and that was um, uh, that was kind of aggressive in your face. I know um, uh, uh, <laughs> I've been told to stop pushing Fox for manager. I'm absolutely not doing that. 100% not doing that. But I was just, uh, I was, it, was, it was interesting. I think he's, I think he's in the ideal, the ideal position for him and that he's a very good coach and working with, working with young players. So with that, out of the way, we'll move on to discuss Hartford Lowen against Aberdeen, which takes place in the Scottish Premiership tomorrow afternoon at Tyne Castle Park. So, where to start? I reckon we'll start with um, we'll start with the, the, the lineups because ever since Tuesday night, I've been wrestling with what Hart should play, and even just trying to do the predicted lineups that we put on the site just just a uh, look. Half an hour or so ago, it was just it was just so difficult to to it was so difficult to um, decide what I would pick, but also then trying to just uh, trying to be inside Naismith's head and think what's he going to pick. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, yeah, we know that he does like to change things up from game to game quite often, but I, I think that we're probably likely to see, stick with the back three for this one. I think it's likely to see. I think we're likely to see like a. The three four, sorry, the three one four two that we've yeah. seen so often. I think so that that's that was a big so that was that was a big question is whether we play for back four. That is one of the big questions. Whether we play with a back four or back three. Yeah, no, I, I, so I think the back three seems almost certain to me. Uh, I was kind of having a wobble. I thought he might, might go three four three for this one. Um, I just I don't. I, I'm I'm sure that the game back in <clears throat> it. Uh, Tynecastle earlier in the season, the 2 0 win. I'm sure in that game, their hearts went for 3 4 3 for a bit and it went really well, but I might be talking nonsense. This is just no, a- it was, it was. That was that was that was a system we played against uh, Aberdeen when we won, yeah, won at Tynecastle early in the season. It was Odon, I think it was Odon, Odon Forest White, um, with Shanklin. Yeah, that vaguely rings a bell. And Shanklin and Boyce, obviously, the two of them as well after their performances on Tuesday night, they're both absolutely gunning for starts, but I, I think it probably will be the 3 1 4 2. I just think that. In terms of from a defensive perspective, I think that obviously Aberdeen likes to attack um, going down the wings <clears throat> and those little gaps in between the the wing back and the centre half 
<clears throat> it just kind of closes down that area of the park. And whilst also still having a couple of men in field to deal with any attack essentially. So I just think that it, it, it constricts space out in the wings. And I think that's where Aberdeen are most likely to attack and trying to hit Hearts in the counter. The one thing I say need to be, Hearts need to be aware of though is um, playing with a relatively high defensive line, which is something that we obviously we, we're used to seeing. But as we saw at Pataudry, that can also be their undoing against a team like Aberdeen, who when they do is just start shelling it long, when they do is just start lumping it in behind, they've got the runners there to make, really make life difficult for you. And I, I think that'll probably be lurking at the back of Naismith's mind as well. I don't think it'd be human if that if he wasn't thinking about that, and the, particularly the way that um, I just I just remember that that winning goal at Pataudry, just like the whole defense just seemed like didn't really know what to do. Halkett was obviously still just came back in the team. He was a wee bit un, unsure what to do. And there's just so much space for them to exploit. And that's the one thing I think that Hearts have got to be really wary of on Saturday. So um, one of the reasons I was I'm, I'm on the fence of what, what it'll go with is trying to second-guess Barry Robson. So uh, Aberdeen's in the last two league games. They have gone to a back four as per the demands of the... Um, the, kind of, the demands of the fans. They wanted to see the team move from a back three to a back four. Felt the back three was too reactive. It was kind of too defensive. So they played back four in the last two league games, got four points from it, three and up at Ross County, and then they drew 1-1 with St. Johnson for the week. By all accounts, they were awful against St. Johnson for large spells on, on Wednesday night. And it was interesting that as soon as they got ahead through a debatable penalty that then... Robson made a couple of changes and then went to back three and kind of just gave St Johnston the momentum to come back into it. And then after the uh, after the game, he bemoaned about the player should have, uh, when you go up ahead, just stay in your structure. And but and then he he changed he changed his structure. So I'm just I'm I'm unsure what he will go for tomorrow. I think he's um he's struggling at the moment, and I just wonder if with with that he will just kind of revert to a back three and even though that I think it was Slobodan Rubovic is, is, is out injured but there's, they've got guys there who can fill in uh, who play uh, full back but can, uh, can also play as uh, as a three-man back line so yeah I'm, I'm, I'm curious as to what Aberdeen will play because you look at if they have for example Duke and Miofsky up front I would like the safety of having a spare centre-back mm. kind of just the common common theme amongst uh, managers is that they want to have one extra defender than they have uh, the other team have attackers. Hmm. And, and especially as well with Rose being away where obviously he's so well suited to being part of that back three because yeah. he's got that recovery pace and you know, if, if somebody does beat him he can generally get back, he can make that up and still make, get back in time. <clears throat> Kingsley is a good player but he's not quite as quick or quite as athletic as somebody like Rose I wouldn't have said. Um, so I think that yeah, that, that's a probably a blow in that sense. But yeah, I'm completely agree with you. I think that having that back three, particularly with the wing backs there, just again, and we, we saw it at Pataudry, you know, we know exactly the second you look back and watch the second half of the, the game against Hearts <clears throat> up and up at Pataudry, and like you can see the wings are that's the really dangerous areas, particularly when they just start shelling it long, winning second balls, getting out the getting out wide, and then drilling balls into the box. Like that was. Like Hearts couldn't really didn't really have much of an answer to that um, the last time these two sides met last month, and you know that's what I think the big they've got to be the biggest concern has has got to be going into this one. And you know that day, yeah, Hearts were playing a back three, um, you know, and there were still problems with it. But I think that part of it as well is just because the first half at Pataudry, um, 
Aberdeen were trying to play a bit more out, out from the back, and Hearts were able to press them brilliantly and you know really getting um, get a great foothold in the game, and they obviously took the lead going in one at half time. But then it's like, because that was such a huge dramatic gear shift for the second half, because they went from kind of having it their own way to all of a sudden having it not their own way, that made things a lot worse as well. So there are degrees of mitigation there, but um, certainly I think yeah there are definitely a lot of lessons to be learned from that last match. But as we know, this is a game that tends to go the way of the home side. Yeah, they, that's. I just uh, wrote in the newsletter that the last twenty meetings between the sides, the home sides have won fifteen, and then there's been five draws. So uh, hopefully that hopefully it becomes sixteen and twenty one, uh, sixteen and twenty one tomorrow. The you look, look at Aberdeen if, if they do play with a back, a back four, then they don't really have any wide uh, wingers, so they kind of play Jamie McGrath at wide, uh, they play Jamie McGrath at wide and Dante Polvara. So if they do play that, I think they could be quite. They could be quite narrow, and then they'll be spaced in the size. And then you look at the you look at the positives of playing with the back four. You've got natural width higher up the park. You've got you've got pace. But I do think that's game against Aberdeen. You just think maybe just save that for the second half if there's if, if it's kind of required or something needs to change. Perhaps that's something that Naismith could have done up at Pitodry. And then also Shankland. I think Shankland's. Probably best when you, I mean, he's he, he's great in whatever formation he can play up front in his own, no problem. But I think you probably get a bit more from him if he's got a partner. Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. I think that's definitely true. Just we know that because we know we talk about it a lot, but one of the things he's great at is particularly during build up plays, you know, gets the ball in, gets it down to feet, holds up, holds off a man, maybe draws another man, and then releases it. And if there's nobody there to release that ball, so it's, it's all kind of meaningless and it's all worthwhile. Mm. So, yeah, I think that's right. and um, even just when it gets to like the edge of the box and you want to try and get click, uh, some quick clever um, passes on the go, it's a lot easier if somebody's, if he's got something next to him rather than he's trying to look for an on-rushing midfielder or a winger who's maybe too far to the side or whatever it is. So, yeah, I, th- I think that a front two does make sense um, for this one. Again, I wouldn't be entirely surprised if it did turn out to be a 3-4-3. Three, three. Um, I, I, think, I think it's probably between it being like a 3-1-4-2 and a 3-4-3, three, three, I would argue. I don't think we're going to see the back four again. For this one, even though it was so successful in the second half against Dundee, it's just it's a completely different game, and you know that was that that, that called that that game itself kind of called for uh, taking the handbrake off and really having a go. Obviously, you're two 0 yeah. down at home, need to get back in the game. Dundee are sitting back, they're allowing the pressure to get come on. They're inviting the pressure, so you need to go for it. Aberdeen, that's not going to be quite as I don't think they'll be they'll have a bit more about them in an attacking sense, I think, than Dundee did. Even though Dundee did score two goals, they were kind of goals out of nothing. I think Aberdeen will attack more, with more threat and more regularly. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's definitely a different challenge. But in terms of the partner, like I think they obviously we've seen Kenneth Vargas over the last few games. Um, obviously, he scored three games in a, goal, in a row right before the Dundee match there. Um, he had that honking miss as well, but we won't hold that against him because it, was, it didn't count anyway. It was a, it was a foul anyway. But I think right now in current form, you've got to put Alan Forrest in there. Um, I think you, know, we- you, you, you just look at you just look at Naismith and the way he operates in that he changes it changes it game to game who's playing in the final third. Except for like Shanklin's uh, when he's fit, he always plays. Yeah. He always starts, and the fact that he had Forrest and Grant on the bench makes me think that both will come into the starting eleven for for the match tomorrow. I see, uh, so uh, Liam said, I wouldn't be surprised to see CC Haring, Shinny will win header, second balls, it'd be difficult to play against him. We need a dog in there. 
I can I can see the thinking behind that, but the only reason I don't think that'll happen is because he's not been on the bench the last couple of games. So I just mm. don't. I'm not sure if he's in plan. So that that would that would be a surprise. What I would what I would say is that if if it's a back four, I generally wouldn't be surprised if we saw because you're thinking right, who's going to drop out because you have got Kingsley, uh, so you'd have to potentially drop one of Cochrane, Kingsley, Halkett, Kemp. But then alternative is more to think about it. If it's a back. If it was a four CC, for example, I wouldn't be surprised to see Cochrane in there uh, alongside alongside Benny, and then either maybe Newenhoff or 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 Grant or probably uh, probably more so Grant. So yeah, I, there's there is absolutely loads of options, and that's why I just wouldn't be surprised to see uh, see any kind of system tomorrow. But I think the the big thing for me is some of the reaction after the Dundee game is uh, speaking to a few folk on, on Twitter. It's just like talking about how how much better the team are in the, the kind of back uh, back four and that Hart should always play back four. And it just felt just a wee bit reactionary when three of the backs been so successful for the last couple of months. I, I would say so, yeah. I, I think it does give you a better, a, a really solid defensive foundation to build on. Um, and, you know, <clears throat> I think, for, for instance, like I said, like the other night, you know, that switching to the back four, that was time, time to take the handbrake off and just basically go attack, attack, attack. You can't play every game like that, and you know if you do, you're going to get found out um, quite quickly. I think so. I, I do. I think I prefer defensive security. The back three provides. I think Naismith does as well. You know the team's defensive record still excellent across the full of the season. I think Xander Clark's still second in the league for clean sheets this this season. Um, uh, I think he's got ten. Is that right? Mm, yeah, I think. I think it's thereabouts. Um, you know, anyway, a lot. Anyway, he's doing really well. And I just think that while the uh, yeah, obviously the second half against Dundee was really exciting and you know it was you know the kind of football that fans love seeing. I don't know if the team's capable of playing like that way for 90 minutes week in, week out. You know, I, I think we I think it we're more likely to see the team start off with that little bit more caution. And then like you say, if things aren't going well, it does give you that option to quickly change things up to then add in the likes of you know, yeah, I didn't bring another attacker, change the shape, get another playmaker a bit further up the park, and then just start really asking some serious questions. But the, the I think just going off of the last two months or so, the back three has been working. And while it was maybe the wrong setup for the Dundee game, it doesn't mean it's the wrong setup. Full yeah, stop. Yeah. That, that's that's yeah, that's a big thing. And I feel coming away from the Dundee, yeah, coming away from the Dundee game in the last couple of days, just thinking if if it was me, I would be like right. Uh, Tate starts and then I'll build the team around that. But I just think uh, tomorrow is looking kind of longer term, bigger picture. I think you, if Benny's fit, you probably still play him just because of that, just because of the experience in there. Uh, I just, I just, I just think that it's Tate. Well, he's so highly rated. He's a really impressive player. He showed so much of what he can give Hearts. I just think a game like tomorrow, you. Maybe bring him off the bench if if, if Benny's there and you, and you need it. I just think Benny is again was, felt he was being written off again after he's poor. He just had an off night. I just still think he's a still an important player and he brings probably a wee bit more control. Sometimes frustratingly so can take an extra probably takes an extra touch too many times or um, the which which can frustrate and slow the game down. But there's times where you need that and tomorrow might be one of those games where you do need kind of Benny's composure and calmness in there and kind of just like settle things down. I, I always think so, yeah. I think, you know, particularly again, again games against likes of, you know, Celtic Rangers, <clears throat> you know, Aberdeen and Hibs, who are obviously the most likely rivals for third, you know, 
those matches are the ones where Benningame can like really make his influence felt and be you know those are the games where because like keep basically keep a hold of the ball in those games is much more difficult than any other game you're going to play so like, mm. having something like that in your team that can do that the effect it's like uh it's like multiplied you know it's, it becomes even more um effective by when you're doing that against you know top level opposition or you know against players that can get also get control of the ball and keep a hold of it because you know i don't think tomorrow's going to be like some of the games we've seen this season where it's been 60 70 percent possession for hearts i don't think it's going to be like that i think they'll have them i think they'll have more of the ball but it's not going to be quite as dominant as that so i think that you're right i think that someone like Beningby where you do see his experience you know we saw him in the derby for instance he was excellent that night um at easter road and you saw what he could bring to the team when you know there's that little clip that was doing the rounds on on twitter afterwards of him you know getting the ball drawn like two or three men towards him moving it on getting it back driving forward stuff if you can do stuff like that in, in a against like Aberdeen that you can really get far and I do think that Macaulay Tate as brilliant as he was the other night I think that playing against somebody like the one thing I did notice when watching it back was that yes he did really well to get himself into loads of wee pockets of spaces and you know and that was great I don't think you're going to get that same amount of time on the ball against a team like Aberdeen particularly an Aberdeen midfield containing some someone like Graham Shinney who's just mm-hmm. going to be an absolute nightmare to deal with and I think that that's a big ask for any point of premiership to go up against them, never mind an 18 year old. So I think I, I think you're right. I think that it's one of those where uh Tate couldn't have done much more to get into the team, I don't think. But no. I think that this this particular game coming up, if it was almost anyone else coming up, you'd say, Oh, he's got to start. But I think for this one match, you go, Oh, that that's a big ask. That's a that's a big step up. Like you say, if the team are struggling, if they're a goal down and maybe Beningabi's not playing particularly well, or if the team they're chasing the game. And you need something a bit different, something a bit more forward thinking. Um, yeah, you can maybe turn to Tate at that point and, and go for it. But I think asking him to start, play full 90, that's quite a big ask. I mean, has is, is he, is he ever started a game before? No, no that's, uh, his, uh, right. this, that was his third third appearance. So he came off the bench against... Uh, he came off the bench against Celtic, came off the bench late on against the Mirren. That was the most amount of minutes he's played for the first team uh, in, in a game. So, yeah... Um, if I saw his if I saw his name on the starting team sheet tomorrow, I'd be I'd be more than happy because really looking forward to, to to watching him more and more. But yeah, I, it should be confirmed. Uh, I, sh- I should have I should should have said when I started talking about that that Benny both uh, sorry Benny Aidan Denham I think Alex Cochran maybe had knock as well. They all trained today, so they're all available for tomorrow. Um, if just people were thinking that Benny could still be could still be injured. So yeah, we've kind of discussed the discussed the team and the options and the questions that involved moving on to kind of the bigger picture and what the what a win tomorrow could mean uh, Liam says tomorrow is huge absolutely falls into the must win category given the games in hand and psychologically speaking as well losing suddenly gap isn't as big need to lay down a marker I'm not sure I'd go f- as far as must win just because of the gap that that is there. It's not as if uh, I, it's, I think it's must win for Aberdeen. That's for sure. And then I think it's um, for Hearts probably may, maybe border on maybe more for must not lose. But the the opportunity there for Hearts to win tomorrow and you can not just beat in Aberdeen but you look at the other fixtures in the Premiership so St Mariner the early game against at home at Rangers Kilmarnock are playing Hibs as well so there's there's a good chance that the, the teams that you either expect to be challenging Hearts for third or are currently char- uh, challenging Hearts for third there's it's feasible that all could drop points and if Hearts win 
it would be massive in that they could go into finish Saturday with a 10-point advantage or a, uh, an advantage in, in double figures potentially, a 19-point advantage over Aberdeen who, yes, have three games in hand, but that is just even with them winning three games in hand and in all that what happened last season, it becomes it becomes ins- uh, insurmountable. So that's, I completely agree into what, what Liam said in terms of psychologically. It's a massive blow for, for Aberdeen and I think that's just, it'd be too much for them to catch up. And also, I think it, it continues to build the momentum that Hearts have. And the thing I've been kind of thinking about since Tuesday is that it begin it continues building that trust because I still think that there's elements of the Hearts support who are maybe not fully set on the kind of fully trust whether the team or it's the management. Um, I don't know why. I think that trust should be there now. We've seen come back from. 2-0 down at home at Ross County to get a draw. To, came back from 2-0 to, to beat Dundee. That This team can can come up with big moments when they're being tested. They can control games. They can win, win big games. They've shown that they can do all this thing. So that's why I, I, I think tomorrow, if a win, should solidify or help build that trust even further and push hearts towards almost like you're bordering on the got one step further towards towards or one hand on third place. No, it would be a it'd be a massive win if Hearts can do it, and I, I think you're right. I don't I don't think that it's must win for Hearts, but it is must win for Aberdeen. If, if Aberdeen are serious about finishing third, if, if they want to actually do it, they need to get they need to win uh, tomorrow, which as we've said is a big ask given that the home team never, the home team always seems to win this one. The away team never seems to turn up. Um, so yeah, I agree. I think that yeah, I mean. I'm, you look at it and you look at the numbers of it and certainly if if Hearts avoid defeat tomorrow, that alone is probably enough to knock Aberdeen out of the race for third, I would think. You know, I, I think that Aberdeen really do need a big, big turnaround in, or, in order to do it. And I, you know, obviously, like you say, we've seen this movie before, you know, last season still fresh in our heads, but even still, it would at that point it sure becomes insurmountable. And yeah, because you look at having so, that sorry. just having that cushion as well just yeah. doesn't make all the difference, particularly like like you say, it does mean that if you have it, okay, there'll be points dropped against like you know Celtic and Rangers between then between now and the end of the season, um, you know, and there might be other, there'll be other slip ups along the road as well. But just having that that little cushion to eat into it and to know that okay, <clears throat> we could lose two or three games in the bounce, and we're still third, you know, that makes a, a huge difference psychologically, I think, to the players. Yeah, absolutely. I just think it's it could be it could be a really really big game just in terms of the. Uh, s- s- smaller picture, uh, but more kind okay, of bigger picture and and long term as well. So yeah, I think it's really really looking forward to, it and hopefully that this this home home away hex or whatever it is that uh, this fixture has continues, and uh, Aberdeen are having to scuttle back up the road uh, without uh, without any points. I suppose we. Have you got anything else to add? Do you want to say about tomorrow? Do you want me to? Do you want to move on to kind of discussing Scott Fraser and other things that have been happening? Yeah, no, I can't think of it. Nothing pops into my head. Um, like let's do it. Scott <clears throat> Scott Fraser and all that. Yeah, uh, yes, Scott Fraser is uh, this is on. So yeah, it's it's been held up. You, I think everyone will be aware that he was at the game on Tuesday. Unfortunately, it has been held up because Charlton sacked their manager, so it's, I think it's just a waiting game. Scott Fraser, I think, is really keen to to, uh, to keep, really keen to come up north and, uh, and and join, so that's one that keeps um, 
that I think I just basically been a waiting game for that one to uh, for that one to come. But hopefully, hopefully it's sooner rather than later, so uh, James can finally release his piece on uh, on what Scott Fraser. Thing is, by the time he comes, barely got any games to to showcase what uh, his talent. Oh, well, I hope it gets done sooner rather than later. Um, but it does seem as if it will be. It's just a matter of time, you know, coming from the noises that you were hearing from Naismith coming from the club. But it does seem as if. There's not much in the way of concern that it's not it's going to fall through or anything like that. <clears throat> Obviously, there is a new manager coming at Charlton. There's always a risk that he goes, oh, no, I love Fraser. I want to keep him. Um, when I was watching clips of Fraser, though, it's fair to say he's not had the best season at Charlton at the moment. And, you know, some some Hearts fans might have noticed when there's an English journalist down south who, broke, who said that, oh, hang on, the deal's been held up. Maybe there's been a slight delay to it. There were a lot of Charlton fans who seemed quite upset about that, you know, because they were oh no, we're stuck with him and all that. Um, now that's not to say he's a bad player. I think he's going to be a great player, as well, as you can read about whenever he does get announced. Um, but again, it's that thing of well, if he's out of, he's not very popular at the moment, and he's also out of form. Is the, what are the odds of a new manager coming in going? No, no, this is the guy. I need him. I need him. Yeah, yeah. unlikely. So I, I think yeah, it, it does seem as if it, it, it will go through eventually. Um, one thing, one thing I'd one thing I would say about Fraser, similar to Lembekisa, because you've seen it with when Lembekisa. I know it's early days, but he's shown a lot of promise that he came up from Rotherham. Rotherham, uh, he was on more than Rotherham's first half of the season. Rotherham fans, fans were uh, suspicious, but it's like you look at like circumstances or the environment. Rotherham wasn't a great environment for Lembekisa because he's just had to defend. They were not very good, and then with Charlton. The environment is they're not a very well-run club by this by the sounds of things, and they've really mm. struggled over the last few years. So, just because like one player's struggles in one place, it doesn't naturally mean that's going to carry on to another place where he's coming into a team where are full of confidence and doing well in the league. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's also he's just got things that <clears throat> don't really wane with time. You know, things like he's got excellent vision. You know, uh, from open play. Um, he's got a really great, really great eye for a cross, like kind of from the edge of the box, kind of coming one in towards the edge of the six-yard box. He's brilliant at that kind of stuff, and that stuff that, particularly the vision thing, like you can't really teach that. It's like one of those things you can ever do, it or you can't. And he just he can see it. He does know where his other players are. He doesn't he, he can move the ball quickly at pace if he needs to. He can slow it down and take a man on, and then whip a ball in. So these are things that we know he can do. He's got that skill set, and um, I say I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing him in action. Just when it eventually gets done, touch wood. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Uh, what else has been happening? Connor Smith has joined St Johnston. I think it was an 18, read that was an 18 month, uh, 18 month contract. So he has, <laughs> don't want don't this to sound uh, mean or anything, uh, but kind of finally left Hearts. He's just, he's been on loads of loan spells, uh, kind of signed one, one year deals, one year deals, and then being out on loan. So I'm quite, kind of happy for him that he's gone somewhere. He's got 18 months. It's not just a contract at the end of, uh, end of the season. It's a contract that's beyond the end of the season. He's a, he's a, he's a talented player, but for one one reason or another, you know, just not worked out from at Hearts. But there's there's definitely talent there that can be harnessed in the right way. It's a, good, it's a good move for him as well. Yeah, just, yeah. You know, obviously he's getting a Premiership move, which is great. Guys <clears> normal Levine with, and Kirk. Was going to, he's going to be working with Craig Levine as well, who yeah. obviously knows him very well. So yeah, I think it's a very nice, really good move for him. Um, and just hopefully he gets to play a bit more because you know you want you want to see young players given a chance and he just wasn't ever he did, just didn't look as if he was going to quite make the grade at Hearts you know ever certainly Naismith didn't seem that fancied by him anyway. Yeah, I think I think Naismith rates him, but I just you look, I just think now that 
it's maybe just as um, the, the ship has sailed from just he's a wee bit older and you've got players like Tate and uh, Finlay Pollock and Aidan Denham coming yeah. through so there's, there's there's guys who are younger who've, uh, who've probably worked closer with, with Naismith coming through Craig Halkett signed a new deal he spoke to the press today so he's read stuff on, on the website tonight tomorrow morning about him but yeah uh, I've wrote an opinion piece yesterday don't uh, won't, uh, repeat everything I said but I just think it's uh, it makes sense I think that he'll take time for him to get back to the levels that he was in 21-22 season when he was such a key presence and his absence was felt last season. Yeah, he didn't have a great game against Dundee, but again, it's, um, it'll be a steady process where he will kind of progress and maybe have to take a, a step back, having not played for only started to play regularly for the first time in what uh, was a year but I just look at his attributes and his experience and know-how, know-how of Scottish football I just think that it's, uh, it's it's something that you want within the heart of squad and someone like him Alan Forrest Stephen Kingsley Liam Boyce guys who know the, know the club know the league and can be that kind of reference point for new players and they can just kind of be a core that you, uh, that, that, that you kind of build around because it allows you to have that continuity from one season to the next. And I think it's important to have that experience, not just of hearts, but of uh, kind of Scottish football as well, knowing what it takes to to win games, uh, to be successful. To be successful. And when I say successful, kind of finish third. No, definitely. Because you, know, you look at it and I think you do need that in your squad. I think you do need that. You do need a group of guys who are you know 27 28 29 you know approaching their peak years preferably who have spent a lot of time in scotland who yeah like you say understand the league and know what it's all about and you know, there are a lot of players like that at hearts at the moment you know, you've got guys like halkett kingsley forrest shankland um xander clark xander clark Matt, barry mckay as well when he's when he's fit yeah exactly so you know there's there are this kind of the, these kind of cluster of really experienced players who know exactly what to expect and what they're doing um and as I say, yeah, crucially, they're all either you know, at their peak or approaching their peak as well in terms of their physical ability and all that. So you you do think that, um, yeah, no, it's it's a it's, it's a it's a nice kind of composition to the squad, and I think those kind of guys are always really useful to have around. Well, you've also then got the likes of Pollock, Tate, Denham, etc., kind of knocking on the door and supplementing it. Yeah, absolutely, and to kind of finish off the. Someone was asking, where is it? Uh, there is a lot of rumours going around that Shanklin has signed a new contract. Have you heard anything? And I would I, I would say I've only heard what a lot of people have heard in terms of that he's signed a new deal when it's, it's, it's going around. I think even if, I think Hearts would want to keep it on the down low if he has. I think they would like to have it as a uh, bring out of kind of left field or a surprise. And... Um, Give something, uh, give the fans something to uh, to be very happy about. So, yeah, fingers crossed it is happening, but I don't know anything official. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. No, we'll leave it there. Um, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. We will be back uh, at some point, maybe over the weekend on Monday, to review the Aberdeen game. But be sure to check uh, the site to see all the latest from Hearts uh, pre match and post match for the game tomorrow. Until next time, thank you very much and goodbye. Bye-bye.